It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, which is all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. You can follow me at facebook.com slash clarkhoward. Clarkdeals.com is where you go to save money throughout every day of your life. So something very important to me is that I provide you information, advice, that works for you in your life. And there are times that I'm unclear or the information I give is not what you're looking for or you feel I'm just wrong. And I need that feedback from you because this only works if we all benefit together. We all learn from each other. And that's why on Clark.com, our main website, we have Clark Stinks, a forum where you can post where you feel I've missed the mark. And then the posts you put there, others can read, they can comment on, they can start their own Clark Stinks comments. And our producer, Krista, goes through your posts once a week and shares her favorites right here, right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. I hate that you say my favorites, by the way. That just They're makes not? people dislike me more. No. <laughs> no. A few weeks ago, you were discussing price shopping for insurance with a gentleman from New Jersey. He complained about having to pay higher homeowners insurance rates because of hurricanes in the South. You agreed with him that it was unfair that someone in New Jersey pay for problems that help happened elsewhere. Do you remember Superstorm Sandy, the fires and mudslides in California, the tornadoes in the Midwest, the floods in Louisiana, blizzards in the Northeast? Every part of the country is prone to some type of natural disaster. So while I agree that homeowners insurance is costly and frustrating to deal with, Let's not forget that with our current system, we all bear the cost of everyone else's tragedies, and we should advocate for a better solution that is fair to everyone. I really like that post, and let me add that the state of Florida is a unique environment for coverage because insurers have cordoned off Florida and their own uh, risk environments, and so Floridians don't share risk with the rest of the country, and that's why homeowners insurance in Florida in particular tends to be far more expensive than the rest of the country for what you get. And other than Florida, this is right that pretty much insurance is set on a nationwide basis with the risk shared among the uh, 49 states, again, excluding the folks in Florida. Starting with a quote, nowhere in America can you pave your way out of traffic jams, he said today on the Clark Howard Show. I wonder if the airlines were government run since the beginning and 20 years ago, they capped the number of flights to reduce congestion and pollution. So today there was congestion pricing on said flights. Would Clark Howard still go on trips slash vacations? Airlines use congestion pricing every flight, every day, everywhere in the world. And that's why they use the system called dynamic demand pricing that automatically adjusts the value of every seat on every flight continuously so that the marketplace smooths out demand for each flight. And that actually, dynamic demand pricing, which has become a part of so much of American industry, is where my idea came from of having every road Every freeway in America told 
as a way to reduce traffic flow during peak times. And if you did not hear that segment, the crazy part of my idea is that there would be hours of the day where you would be paid to drive on a road to make sure it was always revenue neutral, having every lane in America told. You stink, Mr. Clark. You make it sound like all you have to do is go to annualcreditreport.com and fill out a form to get your credit report, but it's not always that easy. I tried to get mine today, and both Experian and TransUnion gave the same response along the lines of, a condition exists that prevents us from being able to accept your request at this time. It doesn't ask me any more questions to verify my identity. It just plain refuses to deliver my report. So before you direct your listeners to annualcreditreport.com, please prepare them for filling out and mailing request forms if it doesn't work. It's difficult to call them as I work with confidential information and have to leave my phone outside when I go to work Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Sometimes I work later if a server or two are being drama queens. I think they should provide 24-7 telephone support since credit reports impact so many parts of our lives. So let me tell you something about that, and I'm sorry you're going through that hassle through annualcreditreport.com. That means it's really important that you send in that information that they want you to send in like it's 1960 and mail in that stuff. By the way, the cost of a stamp today, I don't even know because I never, ever mail a letter. And if you did, you bought them in bulk years ago. (laughs) I bought forever stamps in bulk. And it's like, I didn't calculate how little mailing I do in a year. So I have like a lifetime plus supply of forever stamps. But anyway, whatever it costs, you have to do that because it means something isn't right with your credit report. And the only way you can clear it up is by sending in the documentation through the postal service. Clark, I love your show and have been listening for years, but you really stink for giving the posting about the flu any airtime on your show. On Clark Stinks last week, Krista chose to highlight a posting critical of your position that everyone should get a vaccine. This posting cited inaccurate efficacy rates and conspiracy theories that have long since been disproven by science-based medicine. The Post went on to state that they'd rather have the flu than the mysterious chemicals in the flu shot. At best, this is a wildly inaccurate and misinformed statement. While I understand that the Clark Stink section of your show is meant to correct advice or to give alternative advice, these kinds of posts do more harm than good. The truth is, the flu vaccine serves thousands, saves thousands of lives every year. Your podcast reaches a lot of people, and some people might end up with a misinformed belief about vaccines. While differing viewpoints can be constructive, your show should not give airtime to an unscientific and ill-informed post. These kinds of posts belong in the garbage with the rest of Clark Stinks. I do throw them away after I read them. You don't recycle the paper? I do, actually. Okay. So I guess it's not really throwing them away. All right. So uh, when, when you read that post last week, a couple of ironic things. One is that it gave me an opportunity to say why... I disagreed with that poster. You're saying I'm giving credence to them just by you having read that post, Krista. Now, the funny thing is I did have the flu shot. As I said last week, the flu shot was not as effective this year as it normally is, and that it was only a very low percent effective. And then the next day, I came down with the flu. 
even though I'd had the shot. The good news is that my symptoms seem to be less severe than other people who've had the flu, and my recovery was quicker, but gosh, it was no fun, and it changes nothing about how I feel about how important it is to be vaccinated, and I know there are people who were uh, fierce about not getting their kids various vaccinations, and I don't agree with that, and I, I don't know how else to deal with it. Ignoring people's posts just doesn't seem right within the realm of what we do. Clarkie, why are you so quick to jump on the word annuity when a caller uses it? Last week you were You're all- cussing right here on our show. Oh, let me read the next sentence. Last week you were all over a woman for using that cuss word. Eventually you settled down and found out that she was talking about life annuities, not financial ones. It would help if you would make the distinction at the beginning of the calls so the listener is better informed. I appreciate that. So the reason that I jump all over that cuss word is that People are so heavily pushed and sold into the piece of trash annuity products that the fact that there is a type of annuity, there's actually two that are smart things to buy. I just wish they had different names for them so that people wouldn't hear, oh, Clark said that annuity is okay. Maybe this one is too. So that's why I have to start off trashing annuities just in general. And pounding that in your head that annuities are great for the high commission salesperson selling it to you, but they're rotten, terrible for you. And then narrow down into the specifics of the only two kinds that are okay. In his zeal to bash all companies and government in general, Clark rarely stops to think about why rules are put in place. Take, for example, the story of the lottery winner who wished to remain anonymous. What if the lottery was being run fraudulently? What if a relative of a high-ranking lottery official was somehow given the winning numbers? If they were to remain anonymous, the public could never scrutinize the process and detect fraud. If you win the big jackpot, you're just going to give up some of your anonymity. You can buy it back with a tiny portion of your winnings. So you named all the possibilities that the state lottery commissions use for why they want to pierce your anonymity. But my experience over the years is that for many winners of large lottery jackpots, it turns out to be a wicked curse and not a great thing winning. And to have your information disclosed publicly, who you are and all the rest, the locusts come out. I mean, this is like to biblical plague proportions that the locusts come and invade your life if you're a lottery winner of a big jackpot. And that's why I feel that lottery winners should be able to remain anonymous. On the issue of how you would deal with potential corruption, I'm not smart enough to answer that. Clark, I can understand your affinity for selecting and preferring a retirement or nursing home overseas, given the lower, much lower in some cases, medical care costs. But one needs to be very careful doing that. It can get rather stinky. At one point, I had every intention to retire to South America, but I had a lot of difficulty finding a long-term care insurance company that would pay for nursing home care overseas. I finally found an agent that found a company that would pay for the nursing care home 
home care, but only if several conditions were met and confirmed. Only then would the insurance company pay for the nursing home care that an overseas facility would provide. I called more than a dozen of the top companies and got negative responses before I quit looking and contacted an independent agent to assist me. I appreciate that. You know, when I talk about my wife shipping me off to some uh, developing country, third world country, whatever, um, I'm actually not kidding. I don't want her, in the event that that I don't know who I am anymore or anything like that, to waste resources on me. And I've told all three of my kids that, and it's just how I feel about it. You know, how people deal with aging, how people deal with dying, how people deal with death is so different one person to another. And I know that I have from time to time offended people with what I've said about fact that I'm so into organ donation or that I really want me shipped off and things like that. It's just, uh, you know, these things are so personal and I feel it's important that I share with you how I feel about these things and I don't say them to offend you. As far as finding a facility of quality, that's a challenge right here in the USA as well. I want to hear more from you. Please, if there's something you feel I've said, an opinion I've given, or you feel I'm wrong on the facts, go to Clark.com. Go to Clark Stinks. Please let me know. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it for you. Well, what Clark, you got, Joel? Yeah, Rick and Fred and a lot of other listeners have reached out with this same question, and I'm just going to read Rick's, but we've had a lot of folks asking this question. Do you have any information on the commercials that keep advertising freedom checks? What are they? That is a marketing term that has become popular, I don't know if it's like the last couple of years, for something that is a very, very ultra high-risk thing called a Master Limited Partnership. MLPs are something that over the years when people have asked me about MLPs, I've said don't walk away from one run run as fast as you can run away from mlps so what's being promoted and i've not heard uh you said there was a a radio ad yeah yeah. i've not heard that i've seen stuff on the internet about the the term that's being bandied about freedom checks so the idea is that you quote unquote invest In a master limited partnership, which is an incredibly stacked deck against an individual investor, and you put money into oil and gas, it could be any of a number of phases of the energy market, and the promises that are made are that you will have enormous, enormous return on your money, amounts that are so extraordinary, so extreme, that you'd have to be just a plain old fool not to throw money into one of these things. Well, MLPs are set up where it's almost like going to Vegas, where the house always wins. The organizer and the people that get commissions for money going into MLPs, they make money. Everybody else, well, hit or miss, mostly miss. So I don't care what they call it. 
anytime somebody's offering you an MLP, you need to go as far away from taking the bait as you ever can. All right, let's take one more I'm here. I'm make some people really unhappy, aren't I? You That's might. okay. Angelo also wrote in, Clark says, I'm already monitoring my credit with Credit Karma. Is it still necessary to acquire my credit reports from annualcreditreport.com? So with Credit Karma, you're getting two of your three credit reports. So just be good with annualcreditreport.com to get the third one. And so that is the, that I mean, that's like doing everything you can to make sure that nobody's messing with you, at least in terms of applying for new credit, as if they're you. And if you want to go that one additional step, because annualcreditreport.com is free to use once each year, one copy of each credit report, I think grab that free one from the third bureau. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. And when you have a question, go to Clark.com slash ask. You also can get your questions answered off the air. That's a free service of our show. Now in its 26th year of free off the air advice, scroll down on Clark.com. You'll see the phone number and hours available each weekday for that free off-the-air advice. I hate to even utter this word, Equifax, because since September of last year, I have had to utter that word way too many times. Equifax, in extreme gross negligence, laid bare information on nearly two-thirds of American adults with a credit file. But what has just come to light, not released by Equifax, mind you, but by the U.S. Senate Banking Committee, is that criminals accessed deeper information on many Americans than what Equifax had disclosed prior. Because prior, Equifax had said that your name, social security numbers, birth dates, addresses, driver's license numbers, credit card numbers were the kind of things that the criminals got. On everybody, they got social security numbers, birth dates, addresses. But now, in addition, they got TINs, tax identification numbers, which many people have in addition to social security numbers. They got email addresses on a bunch of people, phone numbers on a bunch of people, expiration dates on credit cards, and issuing states for driver's licenses. What's so disturbing about this is that Equifax at this moment still has not come clean with the American people. They've just hired a new, uh, I'd call him a firefighter, They brought in someone who comes into companies that have had really weak data protection, and this guy comes in and finally gets things right. So maybe Equifax um, will eventually get it right in protecting personal data, but the fact is it's already happened. And as I 
told you the other day, one of the things that's come out of this is that criminals have figured out the most diabolical thing. They know who you use for cell phone service because of the Equifax data breach. And they know your phone number. And they also know where you bank. So this is amazing. And if you heard this the other day, I apologize for repeating it. It's just important that others be aware. And this is where all the data points from Equifax's negligence comes back to harm people in so many different ways. The criminals are hijacking people's cell phone service and then resetting passwords with your bank getting into your bank account and then within minutes emptying the money out of your bank account and although no one has connected all the dots yet it's pretty clear that this all leads back to the trail all goes back to equifax so the problem when i talk about the equifax data breach is that you may give up. You may say, what else can I do? I mean, how can I stop this anyway? So I want to let you know this is a war of attrition. And over time, as additional vulnerabilities are exposed because of Equifax, I will give you additional steps you should take. I have relatives who had their bank account hit and money swiped out of it just two weeks ago and they're going through the process of doing the paperwork well they've done the paperwork waiting for money to be restored to their account in the meantime they don't have their money i mean this is this is going to be an ongoing game of cat and mouse with the crooks so at a base and unfortunately not enough people have done credit freeze you need to do credit freeze there's also, if you missed earlier this week, there's a series of steps you need to take with your cell phone provider that will prevent somebody from hijacking your cell phone service that they then use to steal the money out of your bank or brokerage account. And each cell phone carrier is scrambling to put protections in place, and we have information about how to protect your cell phone service from being hijacked at Clark.com. But know that if you have heard all the noise about Equifax, but you just haven't gotten around to it, please take time to go look at Clark.com slash Equifax and protect your identity and protect your wallet as best you can. And again, remember this. This is a story that will continue to have new chapters written. And it's my job, my responsibility, my duty to serve you the information you need to stay one step ahead of the crooks. Carolyn's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. Carolyn, hey. you have a question for me about your mortgage. How can I serve you with that? Well, I have a mortgage with one of those big banks. I don't have a checking account, but I do have a mortgage. And I was just wondering, should I be concerned? No. No, if you're with a giant monster mega bank for your mortgage, the biggest risk 
is not dishonesty on the part of the mortgage lender. It's incompetence. Okay. And so what kind of mortgage rate do you have? Uh, 3.75, and it's a VA. That's uh, a fantastic rate, and thank you for your service to our country. Okay, thanks. And so, Carolyn, with that VA loan, you want to keep it just as it is, but there's something I'd like you to do after we talk, and that is go to your computer and print out what's known as an amortization schedule on your VA loan. Okay. And what you're going to need, you already know your interest rate, you'll need the exact balance on the date the loan was issued, the original date that the loan started, and for free on the internet, just just Google or whatever search engine you like to use, amortization schedule, and you'll be able to print out a chart that'll show you what your balance should be every single month. Okay. And, and then does your Giant Monster Mega Bank, do they send you a monthly statement or only an annual? Monthly. Great. So every month, when you go to pay that loan, you'll just be able to look and make sure they're reflecting the balance properly. Okay. Now, the big problem comes not so much month to month. The big problem comes if a loan is sold. And when a loan is sold, that's when often the mortgage balance will be messed up and my experience always not in your favor that they'll show that your balance owed is higher than it should be so that's where the beauty of getting the monthly statements and then being able to check them month by month against that amortization schedule you print out that's the truth serum and you'll be able to make sure that the lender is behaving exactly as they should and again the thing with balances has never been specifically because they were trying to cheat you it's just been because they're not any good at what they do at the big banks okay um one thing i want to tell you i see now which giant monster mega bank your mortgage is with okay be very wary this bank will push you very hard to buy a horrible product called mortgage life insurance. Okay. And what mortgage life insurance does is it protects the bank in the event you die and make sure the bank gets paid off. But what's really awful is that the premiums on that insurance are 10 to 30 times what life insurance should be And you're paying a premium way beyond normal to insure the bank, not your survivors. Okay. Have they been sending you those pitches that you've noticed? Um, You know, I I do it online mostly, and so I don't really get too much advertisement. Oh, good. Good. Okay. Because that's a piece of junk you do not want. And good job with that 3.75%. Thank you. I think so, too. And Jason joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jason. Hey, Clark. Good afternoon. I wanted to uh, let you know I've listened to you for a very long time, and you've saved me a lot of money. Well, I'm glad for that. How can I serve you today? So I'm a small business person, and I have an inkjet printer in my office currently that is about 15, 16 years old, and it works great. No, you don't. You have a printer? 
that is almost I, a generation old? I do. I know exactly when I bought it, um, and it served me well, and it continues to do so. You should be I doing do. a commercial for whoever manufactured that printer. Well, Kim told me not to mention the uh, the brand. Of oh, the please. One. In this case, go ahead and name who makes a printer that's lasted 16 or 17 years. It's an, it's an HP. Well, HP should be proud that they built something that reliable for you. Exactly. I, I, I go through about $50 worth of ink a year on it, but um, um, the, the, you know, the type of business I'm in, it requires a larger printing. I'm looking at some 11 by 17 inkjet printers, and so it put me into a question of going inkjet or laser, and um, I really couldn't come to a great decision on it, so I thought you could help. Right, and what's your volume of printing per month? It's less than 150 pages a month, mainly uh, payroll checks. That is so low volume. Yeah, it's not It's not a whole lot. Because, you know, I have an obsession with an Epson line called the Echo Tank. Yes, I've, I've looked into that one, and um, I, I saw mixed reviews on it. But well, it well, works better for higher volume. Right, it is. That's what I was going to say, the... The Echo Tank line is really for people that are generating meaningful volume because the ink is basically free for an Epson Echo Tank. So the volume that you're looking at, you should be able to get a very good printer for uh, like $125, $150. That's what I'm finding. And... There, there are a number, there's not one particular brand, but I will tell you the one that got the highest rating from Consumer Reports, because you don't need color, right? Um, I do need color occasionally, not, not, not very often. I, I probably go through one ink cartridge a year for color, so mainly black, black and white. So almost only black and white, occasionally color. Yes, correct. You sure are complicating my life here. Um, wow. That makes it tough because I, first I want to tell you the one that got the absolute highest rating is the Brother laser printer that Consumer Reports tested. And it's a, a, right around 100 bucks, but it's only okay. black and white. So... The alternative, this is weird, but I'm going to suggest that you buy a plain, simple black and white laser printer. Okay. And buy a color inkjet for the very small volume of color printing you're going to need because you can buy those for under $50. Got it. There's one more variable I didn't tell you about, and, and I'm, I'm sorry for leaving it out, but. It needs to be all in one. I do I do a ton of scanning, um, so I probably just blew up your your uh, recommendations. But um, I, I don't do any faxing. But most of the, the all in ones come with fax. Well, actually, the the fifty buck ones ones will do scan as well. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So I would what I would do in this case pay for one time access to Consumer Reports online. All right. And look at their printer recommendations. And buy the combo of the plain black and white, because that's 90% or so of what most of us ever need. 
and then buy the specialty ultra cheap printer for the occasional color. And that's the way I'd really protect my wallet. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Devana is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? Great, thank you. Understand that you want to take me on a vocabulary lesson. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Let's hear. Okay. Uh, I'm a PA, and um, over the last well, 50 years, we've had this struggle with um, our name not being uh, very clear about what we actually do. And when we started well, out... Well, first, the, let's share with okay. your fellow listener, what's a PA? A PA is a physician assistant. The and fastest we, growing field in uh, medicine. Yes. Wonderful profession. Anybody who wants to get into medicine should think about it. That being said... When we first started out uh, in back in the late 60s, until now, there's been a debate over our name because it doesn't describe what we do very well. And one of the issues is that it's often pronounced physician's assistant, which implies that that is somehow a, a, an assistant to the physician. And actually what we do is practice medicine in collaboration with the physician. We have struggled with that name for our entire existence. In 2014, our organization, our national organization, passed a resolution that we, we would simply go by PA. So whenever we hear anybody saying physician's assistant, we have a little nervous tick that happens. So, so but let's think about talking to the general public. Uh-huh. If I just say, well, you should consider going to PA school or you should, uh-huh. you should go to a PA or a, or a nurse practitioner, they're not going to know what PA means. So in lieu of just calling it PA, you need another name if you want to use it? You'd be surprised. Uh, We've been around for a long time. We have PAs practicing everywhere from the White House to rural Oklahoma. Uh, The vast majority of people do know what a PA is. Well, you know, my Uh, belief is that in rural counties in the United States where there's such a severe shortage of physicians, PAs should be able to hang their own shingles. Is that legal anywhere in the country at this point? (laughs) It is certain states, but many states have legislation that does not allow a PA to own their own practice. Which I think is ridiculous, and that's a Physician Protection Act, because we need to be about patient protection, not physician protection. I appreciate your call. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work 
around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and there are a variety of consumer items, check out ClarkDeals.com.